Tonight we're on part five of 144 hours. So we made it. Uh, remember, long time ago, we we spoke about the triumphal entry. So that was that was Sunday before the crucifixion. Then Monday, Jesus clears the temple. Do you remember that one? We did it on a Sunday. Um, if you missed it, I just showed Chris how to get on the podcast app. If you have an iPhone, it's on there. All of them are on there. You can listen while you drive, listen at work, wherever you want. Um, it's just the purple one. And if you don't have an iPhone, let me know. I can text you the link where you can just listen to it online. And then, obviously, it's on YouTube, on the website, all that. Then, so we, we went through that. Then we did Tuesday, Wednesday. We kind of combined them because they were a little bit um, different. It wasn't so, like, straightforward, like, Palm Sunday, Jesus clears the temple on Monday. So Mark went through a lot last week, if you were here. Um, so go on. That's on there, too. So check that out. That's part three. And then Sunday, we... We talked about the Thursday of Holy Week. Uh, some denominations, you know what, it, what they call it? Yes. And so Thursday it was the Last Supper. And so we talked about Jesus washing the disciples' feet. Wasn't that an amazing imagery, imagery wasn't it, on Sunday? And then the bread and the wine, the communion, um, and we got to do communion together. Just a side note, remind me to do, don't do those little things again. They, those ones were terrible. <laughs> anyway, that'll, yeah, so we'll get to that. We'll do better. Um, and then tonight, we are to Good Friday. I know it's Wednesday. I know that's confusing. Hey, guys, come on in. Uh, so Good Friday. And so can we stand? I'm going to read the first part of the story here in Matthew. I don't have anything on the screen tonight. Matthew 27, 32 to 37. It says, As they were going out, they met a man from Cyrene named Simon, and they forced him to carry the cross. They came to a place called Golgotha. There they offered Jesus wine, to drink mixed with gall, vinegar. But after tasting it, he refused to drink it. When they had crucified him, they divided up his clothes by casting lots. And sitting down, they kept watch over him. Above his head, they placed the written charge against him. This is Jesus, the King of the Jews. Let's pray together. Lord, thank you that we get to come and walk through this excruciating story of your crucifixion. Lord, illuminate the text to us. Help us to grow closer to you and grow closer to each other. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. You can be seated. Um, so even this one's recorded, this part of it's recorded tonight, so you can Later on this week, it'll be up for you. But I want to I wanna just walk through this together. I may do some reading tonight. It may not be this elaborate sermon, but it doesn't have to be because 
um, the text takes care of it takes care of it for us. So a man from from Cyrene, we we first come to Simon, and and imagine this uh, visual for a moment. Jesus is carrying his cross, and what did they do just before this moment? If you if you know your Bible, not that you have to know this part, but what did they do right after they they're yelling, crucify him, crucify him, and then what did they do before? they go up Golgotha to crucify someone. Do you remember? They what? They beat him? Okay. But what's what else do they do? Yeah. Yes. And, yeah, they, they have this whip full of glass and nails and whatever they could find. And so already Jesus is in excruciating pain. And he's carrying this cross, and the cross, if you look up here, we've got, a, we've got two big, beefy crosses. Yes. Scripture reference that we're looking at is Matthew 27, 32 to 37. Sorry about that. Matthew 27, 32 to 37. Yeah, you're welcome. And so Jesus is carrying this cross, and if you look up here, um, about two or three years ago, Isaac built these for us, and if you were in church back then, at this church, we had bases, and so they would s- sit on the sides of the stage here, and uh, uh, in 2020, uh, our our uh, theme for the year was, I can see clearly, and it was all about the cross. And so what we would do at the end of the series is everybody had little cards, and they brought up Everything they wanted to leave behind, everything they wanted forgiveness for, everything they said, Jesus, this is yours, and we came up and we tacked it uh, to the cross. Pretty, pretty awesome. So this cross that Jesus is carrying is like possibly about 300 pounds. And so it's not just him carrying his cross. There's people kind of pushing him along. And then finally this man... Probably a visitor to Jerusalem. Remember the Passover. All these visitors are coming into Jerusalem. We learned about that um, as we've done this series. Um, there, there is a this group of people here. And then there's this guy named Simon from Cyrene. Well, people have done some digging around, and they think that it's North Africa somewhere. Probably about 800 miles away, this guy shows up. And imagine we, he start, he, he, they make him carry the cross. Say, hey, you, Mark. You, and, the, and guess what? Jews cannot say no to a Roman soldier. So, Mark, guess what you're going to do? You're going to be carrying the cross. And you might not have any idea who this is. Most likely not yet. Who knows? He may have been there when Jesus clears the temple. He was like, oh, that's the guy. Whoa, he got in a lot of trouble. And so they, they make him, Simon maybe knew little about Jesus or maybe had a connection with him of some sort. Yet this Roman rule is you, you have to do it. He has no choice. And he was chosen uh, to do this. And look what it says back in Matthew 16, 24 to 37, if you want to. Flip your Bible back a few chapters to, to six, verse 24 to 27 of Matthew 16. 
says this, Then Jesus said to his disciples, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. <laughs> now, isn't it amazing that Jesus doesn't just tell us to do things. Have you noticed that? Jesus didn't say, hey, you should, uh, you should wash somebody's feet. Guess what he does? Washes someone's feet. He serves. Jesus didn't just say, pick up your cross and follow me. He picked up the ultimate cross. For whoever wants to, verse 25, for whoever wants to save their life will lose it, saying, if you try to do this on your own, but whoever loses their life for me will find it. What good will it be for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? For the Son of Man is going to come in his Father's glory with his angels, and then he will reward each person according to what they have done. So we have no reason to believe this that Simon came to know. Sorry, we have reason to believe that Simon at that moment came to some understanding about Jesus and understanding what it meant to physically carry the cross. To take up the cross and follow Jesus. There is maybe some evidence to suggest that his sons became leaders among early Christians. We don't know that for sure. I did some research. We're not quite sure. But this would have impacted Simon and his family and his children and his children's children, right? Wait, you were the one? You, you had to pick up the cross? So now we move on. We're still in uh, chapter 27. And look what it says. They came to a place called Golgotha. There was a specific place outside the city walls of Jerusalem, yet still very close, where people were crucified. This was a normal thing. When people came into town, they would see, I don't know if you remember the chosen, they would probably see these people hanging there on the on a cross. Golgotha is Latin. It's for Calvary. Everybody say Calvary. And it means place of the skull. It was called that because it was the established place where criminals were crucified as a place of cruel, humiliating death. It was outside the city walls, yet likely on a well-established road. It may also be that the hill itself had a skull-like appearance. That's what some people think. So we've got, we've got Simon. He had to pick up the cross. They're going toward Golgotha, and they crucified him. Notice that in this verse here, look. Sorry, go back. Verse 35, in, in the NIV, it says, when they had crucified him. That was, that was it. When they crucified him. Now, notice that the Bible kind of leaves out. He's, they, the Bible spares us from 
the gory description. Why? Because Matthew knew in that day the people he was writing to, they knew what the crucifixion was, right? Just like right now, if we were to mention Orlando traffic, everybody would be like, yeah, we don't need a description. It's awful. Don't go there. It's the worst place known to man. No. But they they didn't need a big description because historically it was something that most people knew about and it was passed down to us and we understand what the crucifixion is. But in 1986, Dr. William Edwards wrote an article um, in the Journal of the American Medical Association titled, it's called On the Physical Death of Christ. And I just want to read it to you. Um, it's it is gruesome, but I want us, since we're studying this, to understand it a little bit more. Although the this is what he wrote, although the Romans did not invent crucifixion, they perfected it as a form of torture and capital punishment that was designed to produce a slow death with maximum pain and suffering. The victim's back was first torn open by the scour- scourging, then opened again as the as the congealing, clotting blood became o- came off with the cl- with clothing that was removed at the place of crucifixion, when thrown on the ground to nail the hands to the crossbeam, the wounds were again opened, deepened, and contaminated with dirt. With each breath attached to the upright cross, the painful wounds on the back scraped against the rough wood of the upright beam and were further aggravated. Driving the nail through the wrist severed the large median nerve. The stimulated nerve caused bolts of fiery pain in both arms and often resulted in a claw-like grip in the victim's hand. Beyond the severe pain... The major effect of crucifixion inhibited their normal breathing. The weight of the body pulling down on the arms and shoulders tended to lock the respiratory muscles in um, in an inhibited state, thus hindering their breathing. I could go on and on and on and on. You know, how bad was the crucifixion? Well, where do we get our word excruciating from in the English language? From crucifixion. We say, I'm in an excruciating pain. That's where we get it. I've only been in excruciating pain a couple times, but nothing even close to this. Consider how heinous a crime someone had to have committed to be placed on the cross. And it's significant to remember that Jesus didn't suffer as the victim of circumstances. He was in full control. Imagine that. Look what it says in John 10, 18, if you want to write it down or even look at it. 
John 10, 18. Look what Jesus says about this himself to show that, yes, we may be like, oh, we can't believe the circumstances. We can't believe that that they put an innocent person on the cross. Look what Jesus says. No one can take my life from me. I sacrifice it voluntarily. For I have the authority to lay it down when I want to. And I also take it up again, for this is what my Father has commanded. Jesus was in full control. Why? Because you were on his mind. We were on his mind. It's terrible to be forced to endure such torture, but to freely freely choose it out of love is remarkable, isn't it? Can we ever rightly doubt God's love for us again after if we believe what's in the word? Can we doubt it? He went to the most extreme length to demonstrate that love for us. And Jesus' sacrifice was for all of us. And we're just talking about physical right now. So physically, he gave his life. But spiritually and mentally, we can't even begin to imagine the experience. Right? Like, we've all been hurt before, physically. But imagine... You, Jesus was sent from heaven. He, he was in the best place, God's son, and he's sent to earth for all of us. Look, and then all of humanity, all of history is riding on this moment. Right? There'll be a lot of people at church this Sunday because it's Easter. We're still talking about it. We're still talking about the resurrection of Christ. We're still talking about the crucifixion. Why? Because it changed everything. And only Jesus could do it. If he hadn't done this, we would be separated from God forever. It would be an eternal thing. The spiritual ramifications of him not going to the cross are eternal, right? It's an eternal thing. Look what it says in Romans 6.23. I'm just going to read it for you. For the wages of sin is death. I don't know about you, but I don't want to work for a wage that's death. And so Jesus, who was the sinless sacrifice for us took on all of the sin for us on the cross. So, yes, there was a physical part of the crucifixion, but how much weight was on his shoulders at that very moment? 
all of the sin was on his shoulders. Everything was on his shoulders. The physical weight of the cross, 300 pounds. The spiritual weight of sin and really the wrath that all of us should receive because of our sin from God was there. Imagine back then they had to make a sacrifice for their sin. It would have been a goat or whatever kind of animal, and they would have to do this every so often. But guess what? They had to keep doing it. But Jesus came to be the atonement. Atonement really just means reparation for an offense or injury. The reconciliation of God and mankind to the sacrificial death of Christ. Jesus took it all. Every part of it. All of it. Everything. He's he's stepped in the place of God's wrath for us. So that now we would have the option to make a decision to follow him. You know, imagine if you had, if you broke the law, if you had traffic violations, if you kept, and then you go before the judge and you've got, you, you're going to go to jail for, you know, you're going to serve all of these sentences. And then the judge just says, hey, see that guy there? He's going to do it for you. How much more so did Christ step in our place to take on all of that? I know we're kind of sad right now, and that's what the Friday portion of this is going to be like, but then there's Sunday, right? So I'm going to pause for a moment, and uh, that's, that's the end of my teaching portion, but... What I want to do now is uh, we're going to walk through some from Scripture um, together, but I want to get some of your thoughts on what I spoke about, and then we're going to walk through um, the, the two robbers, uh, the death of Jesus, and then the burial together, okay?